6.46. That means it's time to check in with Rick Forchak. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. We are starting with the Equalizer 2. Yeah, we are. And I'm starting. Looking forward to your uh, taxi discussions later this morning. <laughs> yes. Still remember vividly standing outside the Vancouver Club in December in the rain, waiting for two hours for a cab that never came, right, despite but, promise after promise. Yes, but you were safer, apparently, doing that than being inside of an Uber. I guess I must have been safer mm-hmm. out there in the rain, uh, in the dark of night. Must have been. And uh, I'll tell you in a moment about Equalizer 2 uh, that suspends belief it could never have been shot in Vancouver. I'll tell you why. Uh, it's an outstanding sequel, Jill, to the 2014 Denzel Washington movie that was itself a reboot of the 1980s TV series in which British actor Edward Woodward played the lead. Uh, he was Robert McCall in that series. Well, we have just two characters in this new movie that were part of the last one, that being Melissa Leo, an Oscar winner, as Susan Plummer, a CIA headpin, at one time McCall's boss when he was a licensed-to-kill operative there, and Bill Pullman as her husband, Brian. After a career in U.S. Special Forces, followed by his CIA undercover work, McCall is now a damaged man fighting the demons of the losses in his life, including the death of his beloved wife, in an attempt, uh, in an event actually meant to kill him. He now devotes all of his waking moments to righting the wrongs that he sees perpetrated on innocent people. Now, in the last movie, he was a big box home store employee just watching what was going on. Now he drives for a lift. As I said, this could never have been shot in Vancouver. Couldn't have a lift driver. Uh, early on, he picks up a fare, a badly abused woman stuffed into his vehicle outside a fancy apartment building. Once he realizes the distress that she's in, we don't see her again, but we do see McCall paying a visit to the classy apartment where the call originated, learning quickly that she had been drugged and subjected to all manner of horrible treatment at the hands of a number of young men. He gave these privileged young men an opportunity to do the right thing. Now, by the time he left, they were in a shambles on the floor, cut, bleeding, broken fingers, and very, very sorry. What's so interesting about this film, Jill, is its pacing. It is not a frenetic action thriller where every moment is given up to the chase. We meet many of the day-to-day people in McCall's life, not knowing which, if any, need his special brand of help. We're given time for the story and the characters to develop fully so that when the mayhem starts, we know exactly who should be getting what. There's also a much bigger evolving story about a CIA operation that's taking out many people in McCall's life because they are loose ends. Some of it we see coming, some of it not so much, and all of what happens is tension-filled and electric in its execution. Excellent movie, one of the finest examples of the genre, and one, Jill, that I heartily recommend. I don't know if there will be a frequelizer, but I'll be first in line to see it if that's the case. Uh, the rating's 14A on this one. That's Equalizer 2 with Denzel Washington. All right, sounds like a good one. Uh, the next one we have is good if you are an ABBA fan. Yes, indeed. Mamma Mia, here we go again. And, well, what's not to love? If you enjoyed the original movie a decade ago, you will be perfectly happy with this one, both a sequel and a prequel, which reintroduces us to the characters that many know from the stage production and then the movie, and now here we go again. Uh, This is set five years after the events in the first film. We meet Donna's daughter, Sophie, played again by Amanda Seyfried, preparing her mom's business for a big reopening after a major renovation on the Greek island. Donna, played by Meryl Streep in the original movie, has passed away, and the mood is a mixture of excitement and sadness. Excitement for the big celebration planned to relaunch the inn and restaurant, and sadness because Donna is only a picture on the wall. 
the story moves back and forth between the coming festivities, marred by the fact that only one of Sophie's three possible dads will be at the big event, uh, that being Sam, played by Pierce Brosnan. Her other two dads, Harry and Bill, are tied up with business in other parts of the world, and even her husband, Skye, played by Dominic Cooper once again, can't be there because of a pressing business opportunity in New York. The surviving members of the Dynamos are coming, Tanya and Rosie, uh, played again by Christine Baranski and Julie Walters, and it's a very, very big deal. What could go wrong? Well, we then flash back to young Donna, played by Lily James at her college graduation, along with her friends and co-Dynamos, Tanya and Rosie, planning to set off on big adventures now that school is done. We follow Donna to Europe and eventually to Greece, and we see how she meets and beds Sam, Harry, and Bill, setting up the scenario that was the focus of the first film. Which one is her dad? Well, it's an abundance of youthful good looks on the part of the guys, spectacular scenery in Greece, played played here by Croatia, and uh, that outstanding soundtrack of ABBA hits, some from the first movie, others new here. Uh, The film is high on romance, good feelings, and more complex story than we saw the first time around. Highlight of the musical numbers is Dancing Queen, which has a cast of hundreds this time and makes for an exceptional scene. Uh, When Cher shows up as Sophie's grandmother, Ruby Sheridan, a Las Vegas star, there's a stretch for an actress, uh, we wonder just how many more surprises we can stand. It's a fine date movie, Jill. It's great to look back on this film. If you uh, remember the first one fondly, it's a great way to spend an hour and 54 minutes. Uh, Meryl Streep has little more than a cameo, which was fine with me. And having seen Mamma Mia at the Arts Club last week, these characters were all fresh in my mind. It's great fun. It's a 14A rating. Terrific movie. That's Mamma Mia. Here we go again. All right. Sounds like the perfect fun summer film. Uh, What's happening over on Netflix? Well, Netflix has got Mom and Dad from last year, from 2017. This one is a direct-to-video horror thriller that stars Nicolas Cage, and it offers a most disturbing theme. The film opens with a mother putting soothing music on the car radio with her infant in his car seat. The camera pulls back to see that she has parked the car on railway tracks in front of an approaching train. There is no doubt that the child will be killed, and that's just the first of an unexplained phenomenon affecting radio and television listeners with strange static that urges parents to kill their own children. Soon it's Cage's character, Brad's turn to go after his own kids, teenage daughter Carly and young son Josh. As the hysteria heightens, Carly works to protect her little brother from the madness. Now, despite its bleak theme, Nicolas Cage said that this was his favorite movie of the past ten years. I suspect, Jill, that Nicolas Cage's favorite movie would be anyone for which he was paid. Uh, Selma Blair also stars as mother to Carly and Josh. Uh, The rating is 14A. That's Mom and Dad on Netflix, Jill. All right. And Father of the Year? Yeah, this is a 2018 Netflix original. It's the fifth collaboration between the streaming service and Adam Sandler's Happy Madison Productions. Sandler is not in this movie, but his longtime buddy David Spade is in the lead role, and his nephew Jared Sandler plays a prominent part as well. Two recent college grads, lifetime friends, head back to the hometown after graduation and get into a drunken argument as to which of their fathers is the toughest. The dads, played by David Spade and Kevin Nealon, take the challenge seriously and they begin a fight that escalates into a situation in which jobs are lost, relationships are destroyed, and the future of the dads and their families comes crashing down. Oh, by the way, Jill, 
it's a comedy. <laughs> uh, the ratings 14A for Father of the Year. All right. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about sharks. Yeah, Crave TV has got the Shark Week specials that are running all this week. Uh, it shares a common owner with Discovery Channel. It goes off in its own direction this week to celebrate Shark Week in its own way. Uh, titles available include African Shark Safari, The Great Hammerhead Invasion, Return to the Isle of Jaws, Shark Storm, and a pair of shows in which Olympic swimmer Michael Phelps goes head-to-head and fin fin with some of the most frightening denizens of the deep. That's on Crave TV, Joe. <laughs> all right, and we still have, I was, I was watching yesterday i got sucked into watching some of the shark programming because the footage was just amazing is it still ongoing uh yes it's ongoing all this week and uh, you can watch each night uh including tonight on television shark after dark um when we finish up these shows on Discovery Channel, this talky wrap-up of highlights, interviews, and actual participants, people, not sharks, and behind-the-scenes looks at some of the action, puts icing on the cake. Yeah, that's tonight on Discovery Shark After Dark. All right. Sounds great. Rick, thank you so much, and we will talk to you next weekend. Thank you, Joe. That is Rick Forchuk joining us on the line, as he does every Sunday morning, letting us know what's happening in theaters as well as on the smaller screens.